All right, so today we're uh, continuing that conversation, the I am. You'll see it on the front of your uh, worship uh, bulletin there. I am. These are the, the, the seven famous statements by Jesus in John, the book of John. And today we're going to look at that famous one that kind of sounds like an, um, an object. In fact, it is an object, yet it's perhaps one of the most personal I am statements of Jesus where he says, I am the door. I am the door. He's, al- he's also going to go on in this chapter 10 and talk about how he's the good shepherd. But I want to spend most of our time today reflecting on how Jesus is this door. And I want to ask you a question as we get started. Um, if Jesus is this door, what do you expect when you open that door? What is it that you expect will be behind that door? We're familiar with that TV game show, and there's the three doors, and you've been given the opportunity to choose which door you're going to open. And there's usually something amazing, like some trip somewhere that you've always wanted to go, or some car that you know you can't afford but you've always wanted, behind one of those doors. And then behind the other two doors is basically just junk, or some kind of crap back there that you really don't even need. What do you expect when you think about Jesus as a door? As you get that imagery going on in your mind and as you reflect about that. We've talked about entering into 2019 and just saying we're done with New Year's resolutions. We're just, we're just done with them because we rather want to have new Jesus expectations coming into this year. How might Jesus reveal himself and guide me along in this 2019 and bring hope that all of us desperately need uh, coming off of a very, very painful and interesting 2018. So as you think about doors, you're thinking about doors in movies, Monsters, Inc. Remember all the different doors in Monsters, Inc. opening up new opportunities. You might be thinking about uh, The Shining. Anybody see The Shining? And uh, Johnny's here. I mean, there, there's doors that come to your mind. Um, there's the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Going into that other world. So doors are like a portal that we go through. Notting Hill. Remember the blue door in Notting Hill? Uh, that movie, it was later auctioned off. Uh, the Lord of the Rings. Bilbo's door. Maybe you remember that one. Or Wizard of Oz, the door to the Emerald City. It turns out things are not as they appeared. Uh, You may have other doors coming to your mind, but I want to turn our attention to Jesus as the door. What in the world is he the door to? What could he possibly mean when he says, I am the door? We'll read about it. John chapter 10, verse 1 through 21. He says, truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up in another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them But they did not understand what he was saying to them. So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. 
All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason, the Father loves me, because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down on my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father. There was again a division among the Jews because of these words. Many of them said, he has a demon, and he is insane. Why listen to him? Others said, these are not words of one who is oppressed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? So I just want to mention just a a quick personal note as we uh, begin to talk about doors here. I just want to mention personally in my own story, and as you get to know me or if you care to listen offline, uh, I will share with you that there are many, many, many doors in my own personal life that I have opened that has led to pain, that has led to disappointment, uh, has led to destruction, And so I'm not coming at this passage, and I don't think any of us is coming into this passage thinking that a Christian is someone that opens all the right doors. And we just do these rules and so forth, you will have a a blessed, perfect life. Uh, What what this is really getting after here, uh, first of all, is that a door represents entrance and exit. Think about the door that you came into to come into our worship space. Uh, Think about... um, the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, that portal helping you enter into a world maybe that you didn't know. And that's why I asked the question at the very beginning, what do you expect from Jesus when you think about who he is? When you think about this Jesus as a real person, what do you and how do you expect Jesus to be who he is for you today, this year? The context here for a sheep is that, um, and, and a shepherd, is the sheep would be grazing about, uh, perhaps uh, out in the farther regions, way out in the field. And you have to think about a shepherd not necessarily having all the resources that the shepherd needed to protect the sheep. And so as he um, built a pen for the sheep, um, there, there would be a creation of a, a pen there for the sheep to keep them safe. But one of the type pens that, that shepherds would build is that it would not have a door at all. There's no resources to, to construct such a thing. And so the beauty of what, what the shepherd would do is the shepherd himself would, would, would literally lay down right there at the entrance of the pen itself. 
You think about the danger that, you know, that, that shepherd is going through. The, the perhaps fear of someone coming in, that thief that's coming in to steal those sheep. But the beauty of what Jesus is saying here about being the door, we know he's the good shepherd, but the beauty of Jesus being the door, it, Jesus lays, here's the gospel, here's what we call the gospel, here's the good news that's presented by Christ, is that Jesus himself lays down his life for you, the sheep, at great cost to himself. We sang about it earlier. We talked about his blood. We talked about his body. That happened on the cross. Jesus, who had lived a perfect life, would, would, would be the atoning sacrifice for sinners like myself and like you. That's the context of what Jesus is talking about here. You can see it in verse 17 and 18 of our text. Jesus says, I lay down my life. No one's taking it away from me. No one's coercing me, no one tricked me, no one manipulated me that I might be arrested and die and be tried as a criminal on the cross. No one made me do that. I do that with great joy. I lay my life down for you and for the sins of the entire world. And again, I ask a question right here. Do you see Jesus in that way? Do you see Jesus as, as, as laying down his life for you? with great joy, not because he had to. The scriptures say it was with great joy that Jesus laid down his life for us. Uh, Jesus is basically saying, I'm, I'm going to pay the debt that they owe. I, I will do anything to have them. They are my sheep. Now, that's what ownership means to Jesus. Not I'm going to control you, but I love you. I'm going to pursue you. I'm going to lay down my life for you. That's the, the why you should follow Jesus. And maybe you're curious about that, or maybe tomorrow morning when we wake up and we're thinking, no, why am I supposed to, or why would I want to follow this Jesus? Let me just say this. There's no other shepherd in your life or on TV or in your feeds telling you that they are a shepherd in this way. There's, there's like none other. Uh, there's none other than Jesus himself. And that's why Jesus is making such an audacious claim to say, I am the good shepherd. The thief is only coming to kill and destroy. So when we say the door can be an exit or an entrance, be thinking into what has Jesus been or is now a doorway for you? What new doorways has Jesus opened up for you? What provisions? What pleasure? Or you might frame the question in a different way. Explore this question. What Jesus has been is a doorway out of for you? Maybe Jesus has called you out of something. Some world, as I mentioned in my own personal story, some door, my own curiosity, that led me into. Jesus says the door has now called you out of that. That's what Jesus is as a good door. What this is basically saying is that Jesus has the competency to be the supreme person in your life. The supreme person. The one person whereby as you go through him and decisions that you and I are making, all decisions, all of my identity is brought through that door. 
that affect all the other doors and decisions that are being made all day long. That's liberating. That's what we mean when we say the lordship of Christ or Jesus is king here. It does not mean that Jesus is the good consultant. Jesus is not saying he's the good consultant. Hey, come to me if you think you need some consulting. And we can kind of hash it out a little bit. Or I'll be an add-on to your life. No, no, Jesus is a horrible add-on to your life. Jesus doesn't work when Jesus is an add-on. I'll do it my way, I'll do these things, and when I need that consultant, when I need that Santa Claus and that good genie, that's when I will consult this good shepherd. Jesus is saying just the opposite. All of your identity, all of your decisions, all of your pleasure, all of that is is ran through this portal, this door that Jesus is saying that he is. So it's a moment-by-moment dependence on this shepherd. What in the world is Jesus saying he's the door to? Verse 9 tells us, If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. We started our service. Thank you, Juan, for honoring Fizzy in that way. Reading Psalm 23. You are that sheep that's looking for pasture. Please know your own soul to know that you're hungry. You're made that way. And Jesus is essentially saying and embodying Psalm 23 by saying that those who come to him who are thirsty and hungry, they're going to be filled like never, ever before. Verse 10 proves it. He says, I have come that they may have what? Life. And have it abundantly, he says. Let me ask you this. Do you ever think of Jesus' commands or Jesus' leadership as abundant life? Some of us answer real quickly, no. In fact, part of my own testimony in becoming a Jesus follower was that very fear that if I became a Jesus follower, it would mean that Jesus would be some blockade, not a door, helping me enter into something I had never imagined, but rather some big wall or some big blockade keeping me from my dreams. And Jesus is trying to let you know that his commitment is to lead you out of that and lead you into something miraculous. The second thing about a door is that it represents protection. Protection. Again, the context would be that shepherds would be erecting this this pen for, for the sheep. And a lot of times on top of what they had erected, which was by stones, they would, they would be like briars and thorns. Uh, various things that they could put there so that it would protect the sheep. Uh, it was a place of safety for them. Were you listening, though, that Jesus calls us sheep? Does that bother you? Does that bother you that Jesus calls you a sheep? It's not really a compliment, by the way. If you read this and you like me, like, I want to be called a jaguar. I want, to be, I want to be fast. I want to look a certain way, right? Who wants to be called a sheep? Um, we'd all be, prefer to be called uh, a jaguar. You know, slim, fast, graceful, beautiful. Um, this is not a compliment. Yet he's saying here, verse 7, that we're sheep. It, it's basically, spiritually, you're needy. 
not saying that you're not pretty, he's not saying that you're not strong, he's not saying that you're not an intellectual, or that you're not creative. We know that we've been created in God's image, therefore we are all of that. Yet spiritually, you're needy. Spiritually, you're not, I'm not quite as independent as we'd like to be slash think that we are. Uh, anyone ever heard of the idiot, idiot principle? The idiot principle is one in which you're going through a stage of your life, and once you get finished with that stage, let's take a 15-year-old, for example. Uh, we've all been 15. The 15-year-old naturally thinks, whew, so glad I made it through that situation. I was such an idiot, but now I'm done with that. I'll never make such decisions ever, ever, ever again. And then you're 17, and then you're 20, and then you're 25, and... I didn't make this up, by the way. I'm not calling everyone an idiot. It's something called the idiot principle that essentially whatever phase we're in, we naturally say to ourselves, I'm so glad I'm done with those mistakes. I've matured. I've grown up. I'm intellectual now. I've got it. And so as sheep, Jesus is actually very gently telling us the truth about ourselves. Yes, you're cute, but spiritually you're very needy. And I'm here to not take your life away from you or control you with rules. I want to liberate you by being a good shepherd for you like no one else can be for you. All of us need that shepherd. And by the way, sheep never think that they need a shepherd. You just go and Google sheep. I mean, there's going to be all sorts of superlatives that that, that describe sheep. Um, they get lost, uh, they recruit others to go and get lost, they're about to fall off a cliff, and one of them jumps, and then they all go. And uh, Jesus very mercifully is saying that we are sheep. And then if you reflect back on Isaiah chapter 53, a very popular chapter in the Old Testament, says we all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to their own way. But the Lord has laid on him, referring to Jesus, the iniquity or the sin of us all. Wow, the gospel shows up there in the Old Testament again, pointing towards Jesus, who in verse 10 here says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. And I want you to think about doors. I want you to think about doors that you've entered. I want you to think about doors that have invited you to come in or come through them. Doors that bring destruction, doors that make promises, doors that lead to disappointment. These are the ones that he's talking about. This is the thief that is only coming to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus says, though, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. A a couple of concluding thoughts here as we get close to, to ending. One I want you to think about is uh, Jesus as the door has no limits to who or how many or what type person can have access insofar as they come through him. Years ago, when my wife and our kids lived in a high-rise here, just about a block from here, Van Ness and Market, uh, getting on the elevator in the morning, just packed, everyone's going to work, and there are limits You've been in an elevator going up to your floor of work or whatever here in the city. There are limits. Getting on Muni Metro, (laughs) there are limits around 6 a.m. 
Jesus being this door, you and I may have limits in terms of who we may think can enter, but Jesus is limitless in his love and his mercy. Jesus is that sort of door. Jesus is that sort of door. He says you must come, you must enter, you must go through him. Uh, Another feature in closing here I want you to think about is how the shepherd speaks to the sheep. Do you hear his voice? Do you hear his voice? Is God speaking to you? Verse 3 says, the sheep hear his voice, and he calls them. This this is going to blow us away. He calls them by name. God knows you. He knows everything about you. He sees you. You want to be seen? You want to be popular? You want to be noticed? God knows you. You are beautiful to this good shepherd. You are known and loved by this good shepherd. Uh, Knowing God's voice, some of us say, I I don't really know God's voice. What are you talking about, know God's voice? Let me encourage you to, to be still. Be still just long enough and and build in that repetition, that regularity of being still and learning how to be still so that you can hear the voice of God speaking to you. And so that that voice, God himself, can be louder, can be more compelling, can remind you of who you really are and what great doors he's going to open up for you unlike any door you can really open up for yourself, hear those words of the Good Shepherd. A few reflection questions now as we begin to turn all of this into a prayer. Question one, how does it strike you that Jesus calls us sheep? Is there a resistance, sort of a natural resistance within us to defend ourselves? Or is there an appreciation it says, you know what, indeed, I, I really do need a shepherd. I really do need someone who's competent, who can lead me and, and who knows me in that way. I need this Jesus. Question two, what competing shepherds are there in your life that are promising life? Yet, honestly, they're just thieves. Honestly, they're just going to steal from you. They're going to uh, distract you. And last question, question three. How can we participate in pointing others to the door and bringing others through the door with us? We sang about it earlier, and it's definitely scriptural that God is the one who, who is bringing people. Even here in chapter 10 of book, of book of John, Jesus says, I have other sheep. They will come to me. They will hear my voice, and they will come. And later in chapter 10, it says, through your message. (laughs) Yes, God knows and God uses us in some miraculous, mysterious way. Let's just take a few moments right now as we we pause in silence and we, we invite the good shepherd to speak to us. Good shepherd, we acknowledge that we are those sheep We are spiritually needy. And good shepherd, 
Lord Jesus, we thank you that in being a good shepherd, it means you're full of love for us. You desire the best thing for us. You have a plan for us, a plan of hope and a future. So good shepherd, we pray that you would speak to us. Right now, as we're listening to you, if, if, if we don't know you in that intimate way, would, would you reveal that to us? And would you enable us to, to allow you to be king and Lord right now? And if we do know your voice, we pray that you would continue to lead us forward. We pray that you would continue to speak to us. And we pray that you would use us, that we would be used in a way to point other people to the door and help lead them through the door. And we pray all this in the name of King Jesus, who is the door and the good shepherd. Amen.